It's not much of a secret that I have a home field apparel problem. Even before we started this show, I couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when I got home. So we are, understandably, over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep Pitt fans comfy, cozy, and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide, and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Please welcome on to the show a very special guest, the high school sports editor for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Mike White. Mr. White, how you doing today? I'm okay, guys. How are you? It's my pleasure to be on with such uh, legends like yourself. Wow. Hey, you guys, I mean, you guys have been at my house. Let's let the audience know um, that I've known you since you were kids. And, hey, uh, kudos to you guys for what you've done with the Loyal Sons. I mean, uh, uh, you're a lot smarter than all three of you look, and you've done a great (laughs) job of of, uh, really having this thing take off. So kudos to you guys. Look at us. Just four very – highly thought of North Hills alums in the community. That's right. I don't know about four, uh, <laughs> but we are North Hills alums. There's and one let the North Hills Hall know. of Famer in this Zoom call right now. <laughs> <laughs> and let the audience know that Dylan Mitchell is a former player of mine. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Play, play under Coach White. Could, could have never done this without you. I'd like to think that. And he hated maybe- his coach at that time. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think, you know, maybe you planted the seeds for me to pursue some type of uh, some sports media career uh, back back when we were practicing in the dungeon. You told me basketball wasn't in my future. <laughs> Just kidding. You never said that, Coach Way. You were great. Hey, you ended up being a pretty good high school player. But, you know, good for you. So and you, now, we, now look at you. <laughs> look at me now. Now look at all you guys. And who knew, who knew, who knew that John Cotton, I went to high school with his dad and who knew everybody called him Moses. So Moses listening right now. He'll love that. That's right. (laughs) Okay. What are we talking about? Nicknames. Yeah. So thank you for getting the disclosures out of the way. We've, we've known you forever. We are very good friends with your, uh, your youngest son, Danny. And, um, if I call you Mike white today, it'll be the first time I ever have done it to your face. So, (laughs) so if I slip up, that's why. Um, but but speaking of um, um, names for you specifically, there's a there's something we want to clear the air uh, about to start. Um, some around the pit community uh, have this sense that you have an allegiance to a school in the middle of the state. Do you are you aware uh, of what the um, pit like comment and discussion boards call you? No, never heard of it. What do they call me? 
You've never heard of the nickname Mike Blue and White? Ma. Yeah. No. No. Uh, uh no. Uh, seriously, it's um Yeah, I mean uh it's kind of a, a bewildering topic to me. Um, um, and it does go back a ways. I don't get it as much now because, I, you know, there was a time, uh, and, and I'll try to be not long-winded on this. There was a time at the Post-Gazette and from the mid-80s through probably the mid-90s where I covered like, I covered, not like, I covered Pitt, Penn State, and West Virginia recruiting. Anytime they got a recruit, I wrote about them. Um, I don't know how I did that really back then. Um, but And this is a subject that's, uh, I think, somewhat interesting. Recruiting coverage is so different nowadays than it was back in the 80s. I mean, you're talking, you know, there was, first off, there was no internet back then. Um, and and, and it, it was... Um, you know, there was a Pittsburgh press back then when we used to battle for getting commitments um, and, and how you got them was really by word of mouth. Um, for example, you know, you would find out, uh, you know, local kids were easy to find out about because, you know, you called them, you had their numbers, you knew who was visiting, blah, 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 blah. But uh, you had to have contacts um, and you would get contacts like I, I when I started covering recruiting in, in the 80s. If, if I would find out, uh, I don't know, that someone visited Pitt from New Jersey, from a high school in New Jersey. Well, I, I would find out a newspaper in that that maybe covered that school, call that newspaper, try and talk to a sports writer, say, hey, you know anything about this kid? He'd say blah 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 blah, and he'd give. I said, "You got the coach's phone number. You got the coach's phone number." Um, we talk him, uh, call him. Word of mouth. Hey, you visited Pitt? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it was just like word of mouth. Or, or that newspaper in New Jersey wrote about him committing to Pitt three days earlier, but we didn't know about it uh, because there was no internet. So it, it was so different that, and so actually a lot more work. I mean, the guys who cover recruiting now. It's easy. I mean, you follow Twitter and, you know, rivals and those that they put the stuff on there and, you know, they do all the work for you. Um, um, and it was so different back then. I'll tell you a real fast story uh, of how you find out about kids recruiting. I found out that Pitt was recruiting a kid named Ken Ferguson from Texas was a really highly recruited quarterback. Somehow I got the coach uh, from a newspaper. I got the coach's phone number. He gave me the kid's phone number. I called the kid and he said, yeah, I visited there this weekend. And I said, oh, okay. did you really? I said, uh, any other kids visit with you? He said, yeah, there were some kids here. I said, did, do you know any of their names? He said, yeah, Tony Dorsett's son was visiting there uh, with me from Texas. And nobody knew Tony Dorsett's son was being recruited by Pitt because he was in Texas. That's how I found out about that. So it, it was very different back then. But anyway, getting back to the blue and white thing. So. I would really all start. I was covering all those, you know, Pitt, Penn State, and West Virginia. And uh, it, it, you know, it's funny to me because in the late 80s, when Mike Godfrey was a coach, uh, Bud Ratliff was a recruiting coordinator, Salson Seri was there, and they were having some great recruiting classes with Sean Gilbert, uh, a kid named Mike Chalinski. Uh, they, they were like 
top five or 10 in the country, Lou Riddick. Um, and those, and I would write about it, I, whoever they got. And I gave them all kind of, you know, kudos. And they, Bud Ratliff, I remember he took me out to dinner because of everything. I, I, he was a recruiting coordinator. And, you know, then started going downhill a little bit. And Johnny Majors was, came in for the second time. And looking back, their recruiting was, was terrible. Um, they didn't have players. Their team stunk. Uh, they weren't getting highly thought of recruits and Penn state was getting a lot of recruits, big time recruits. So I would write about Penn state recruits. They got this guy, they got that guy They're, you know, pit fans didn't like that. So they started saying I was a Penn state fan. And I don't know. All I was doing was writing about who Penn state got. <laughs> it wasn't my fault that they were getting a lot better recruits than Pitt got. And it, and it bored out because Pitt, Hey, be honest, during those majors years, they stunk. Um, um, so they started saying, I have uh, allegiance to Penn State. And, um, you know, I, I, hey, I knew Tom Bradley. We, we had a good relationship. I knew some pit coaches too, but it started from there. It kind of boggled my mind. And, um, I, 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 you know, I never, you can ask my, I, I know Greg Gattuso, and I'm being long with when he was on we staff at Pitt, oh, he's the best. We go way back. We used to play summer basketball together. We still stay in touch. He's one of the funniest human beings I've ever met. Um, he, when he was on staff at Pitt, like those Pitt people were saying what well, about, about me in Penn State. And he said, I know him. I've never, I've been to his house. I've never heard him say one thing like he likes Penn State or anything. Um, and I'll tell you one story of how ridiculous it was. Up the ladder, how it even went. And I thought this was ridiculous. I know I'm really talking long, but you want a story? Here's one. When, we'll Pitt, got, when Pitt got Shady McCoy, okay, he committed. Um, he was at a, a prep school because he got hurt his senior year at Bishop McDevitt. So um, I got, you know, that he committed. And I called up, I think I called up Greg. I got Greg's, I got Greg Atuso gave me Shady McCoy's phone number. And I had a story ready, called Shady McCoy, didn't call me back. Called him twice, didn't call me back. Um, the Trib wrote a story on him, a big recruit. You know, I wrote a smaller story. I didn't have any quotes from him. And the next day or two days later, I talked to Greg, and Greg, this honest to God truth, said Dave that is ticked off at me because it's <laughs> uh, honest to God truth. And I, this is, I was like, are you kidding me? Because Dave that said, Mike White showed his allegiances again. He only wrote he 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 only wrote like seven paragraphs on Shady McCoy, and the Trib wrote thirteen or fourteen. And I was like, "Are you serious?" Dave wants that the head coach is worried about paragraphs that was written on a recruit. And and, and hey, Shady McCoy never called me back. I'm not gonna call him ninety eight times. So, but that's an example. So it became Mike Blue and White. Whatever I, you know, I mean, it, hey, it, we were we were talking before we started recording here, and for those people watching on YouTube, you can see there's some pictures behind you. We've got old Pitt Stadium hung up on the wall. We've got yeah, Pitt Stadium right there. We got three rivers. There's no Beaver Stadium up there, is there? <laughs> no, there's Pitt Stadium, three rivers, uh, Heinz Field, PNC Park, and Forbes Field. No Beaver Stadium. Hmm. That's exactly what a spy for Jim Franklin would want us to think. <laughs> 
Well, yes, yes. And, and you know, the, here's the other thing. Like, I'll be honest with you. There, You know, in this job sometimes, like, there are some kids that and players over the years that I became close with um, just because I did so much with them, when if, the, like top players. And, um, you know, when you do so much on a kid that maybe play more than one sport, sometimes you establish a relationship with them. And, and um, that's one of the things in my job over the years that I've really liked. Um, and some of those guys went to Penn State that I, that I had released, like LeVar Arrington. I mean, he's from North Hills. Um, we were very close, still stay in touch. And uh, Brandon Short was was a, one of the best kids I ever covered. Um, and so was LeVar. And, and you know, um, so I had relationships with them, and they went to Penn State, so I kind of stayed in touch with them. But I had relationships, too, with, like, Tyler Palco. I mean, still stay in touch with him. But um, And I think people would read things into it all the time. Um, and, and really what it comes down to, Pitt fans didn't like if I wrote about Penn State and I wrote about their recruits that they were getting were good. They thought I was, wasn't, was you know, I, I, I should be building up pitch recruits more. I don't know. Uh, you know, I always said, in fact, you, you can tell a lot of times a recruit, you put in who he chose them, who he chose and who he chose them over. And that will tell you a lot about the recruits. And back then and, and then, so a, a number of Johnny Majors recruits in his second time around chose him over Miami, Mid-American Conference schools. It wasn't like Michigan. So that's kind of how it came to be. But I, I don't get I don't seem to get it as much anymore uh, because I, I, I don't, you know, our pit writer covers any recruits outside Pittsburgh. Our Penn State writer. Uh, we don't have a Penn State writer anymore, but um, I don't do Good. much with Penn State. I don't do anything with Penn State recruiting anymore unless a kid from here goes to Penn State. So and, I talked a lot. I'm sorry. Oh, no, it's great. And now you're on the Loyal Sun show. You've been featured in our tailgating content. So at this point, <laughs> you know, Penn State fight, Penn State fans might start getting mad at you if you keep hanging out with <laughs> us. So. Um, but we got you on here, and you're – I mean, I've heard – hundreds of stories from you over the years about local players uh back when you worked the dapper dan round ball classic like you have stories and you know more about high school sports around this area than anyone um so we got to ask you about some of these guys these local guys who are going to end up at pit one guy i wanted to ask particularly about um there's a certain quarterback from the whitfield right now a kid named julian duggar at penn hills who committed to pit um was kind of a weird recruiting at least from a pit standpoint pit fan standpoint you know it was more of like uh they were recruiting a few out-of-state quarterbacks maybe thought Duggar was more of an athlete and now eventually extended that offer and now he's Pitt's 2024 quarterback commit um what can you tell us about him I mean I saw him play out at North Hills uh, a few weeks back North Hills didn't put up yeah, he had, he had a good fight. game he had a yeah, good game he had a big game. game but like from what you've seen from him what kind of what kind of players Pitt getting what kind of quarterback are they getting more, more so well, I will say one thing right now. He is a heck of an athlete. Um, and, you know, Dylan, a lot of times I've learned over the years, um, I love seeing football recruits, what they're like on the basketball court. And I know some other uh, college football coaches who kind of felt the same way. Um, you know, on a football field, if you only see a guy on a, in a game once, you don't really – get the full extent of maybe his athletic ability. Um, 
Um, where on the basketball court, you see a football recruit, you can see a lot. Uh, you can see a lot of whether he may be stiff-legged uh, a little bit or – you know, just athleticism, quick second jump or and, and and not basketball ability, but just athletic ability. And I've seen Julian Duggar play basketball and there is definitely some athletic ability there. A lot of athletic ability and pretty good size. As far as a quarterback, I'll be 100 percent honest with you. I think he has improved greatly since last year. Um, he still needs a, a, a lot of refinement, I think, yet. Um and I, I'm just being 100%. I think he's very good, but I think if he's going to be a quarterback at pitch level, it, it it will take at least three years or so um, before he, he before he could be a serviceable. Yeah, I, I think he just has that much learning and and uh, maybe that much refining. He's done a good job. I think he's gotten better as a passer over the years. Um, um, but you know, I, and I like his mobility, um, but I think as a passer, he's still got a little bit of a ways to go. Um, and, uh, you know, I hate to say that. And maybe maybe he'll be patient enough that he will be a quarterback someday. But, boy, I'll tell you what, with that, with the body he has, the frame he has, and to put on – he could easily put on 25 pounds. Man, he, he would make maybe a great H-back or a great rush end. Or something like that, um, with that athletic ability. And I've seen a basketball game, wham, you know, two hand jams and, and things. Um, um, and, and, oh, and speaking of that, that's what I think of him. And, I, and I'll tell you a story about players and basketball ability if you like stories. And this is a honest to God true story about Rob Gronkowski. And when I was convinced that he was going to be, now I didn't know he would be everything he was, but his senior year, he caught, I think, nine passes. Okay. And um, I saw him play in person once or twice. And Woodley Hills never threw the ball. So, right. you know, and when you're covering a game, you're not watching the tight end that much. You're watching who has the ball, who has the carries. So, and I knew he was a decent blocker too, but you never saw him really go off the pass as much. So, my middle son was a sophomore and they played Woodland Hills in basketball. And I went to the game with my wife, my wonderful, beautiful wife, Daria White. Um, give her a shout out. And shout out, Mrs. So, White. So we are sitting in the stands, and I watched my son Sean play the JV game. He was a sophomore. And here comes Woodland Hills out to warm up. And Gronkowski, Gronkowski was a really good basketball player. And he's warming up. And I know he's going to Arizona. He's already committed. This is January senior year. And I'm watching him warm up. And he's, you weren't allowed to dunk in warm-ups, but he's going up, turning around, doing 360s way above the rim and just dropping the ball. And I'm watching him, the athletic ability and the jumping ability. And about a quarter of a game, North Hills had a kid that was about 6'4", 6'5". I think he was scared to death of him. And I saw, like, a jam on him, Gronkowski, and his second jump, and he would he was making moves that were like, I turned to my wife. I saw this go true story. That's when I was convinced Rob Kukowski was real. I turned to her and said, hey, you see that kid out there? Number whatever he was, 40? Yeah. I said, he'll be in the NFL someday. And she said to me, how do you know? <laughs> and I said, because 
there aren't kids around six five, six six that can do on a basketball court what he's doing right now. Now I didn't know he'd be one of the best tight ends ever, but that can be, that's an honest to God true story. He was amazing, the athletic ability on the basketball court. I remember you telling me one time about a certain opponent of ours, uh, Malik Hooker, when mm. he was at Newcastle. I remember you telling me that the way he moved on a basketball court and the way he was built reminded you of how Darrell Revis moved on a basketball court in high school. That sticks out to me because, obviously, Malik Hooker went on to be a first-round pick, and uh, I was like, dang, Darrell Revis? And, yeah, playing against a guy like that in basketball. Um I mean, what was it like watching Darrell Revis play football and basketball? Um, without a doubt, he had the three best days of any athlete in the history of WPIL Western Pennsylvania sports, any sport. The three best days, 72 hours, was incredible. And I don't know, and I will go, I've said it, I've written it. I don't know if people really realize what he did over those 72 hours. And here it is real fast. They were in the state championship in football. He, the game was um, Neil Walker's senior year. It snowed like eight, nine inches on Friday. So they played the games Friday. Neil Walker played in like eight, nine inches, one of the most memorable games they, they lost in overtime. They moved, canceled Saturday's games, postponed them to Sunday. So Aliquippa played Sunday, and Revis had one of the best all-around performances ever in any state championship game. He scored five touchdowns. I think he scored three different ways. He had a running touchdown, a, uh, a reception. He picked up a block field goal, ran it for a touchdown. Um, I think he intercepted one pass. He he threw one or two passes. Uh, he had so many yards rushing. Uh, he just did everything. It was one of the best performances ever in a state championship game, and I'm not the only one who said that. So that was Sunday. Tuesday, I'm at a banquet that they're honoring Aliquippa, a luncheon. And I see him there with his teammates. And I said, are you playing tonight? They were playing Beaver Falls, their rival in basketball, that night. He said, yeah, I'm playing. I said, oh, okay. And I went down. Now, this is two days after football. Now, you probably got to be sore. No practice. Went and shot. Monday, especially after went, five touchdowns. Yeah, and and playing offense and defense, doing everything. Um, he scored thirty-eight points against Beaver Falls. Two days later, Dylan, John, David. I'm telling you right now, I don't think people realize the athletic ability to do that. At that, yeah, you can go out and play that basketball game two days later. I mean, guys have done. Aliquippa guys have done that two days later. But to go out and do what he did, 38, against a really good team in overtime, they had Lance Jeter. Um, um, it was amazing. Amazing. Best three days any Western Pennsylvania athlete ever. I buy it. Darrell Rivas seems like someone who might have been athletic. <laughs> Just a little. So Just is Malik Hooker. So is Malik Hook. Dylan, do you remember your senior year? Oh, he remembers. Year? He remembers. Do you remember your senior year? You guys played, and you were playing with my son at Newcastle. And Hooker would do one thing every game where I just would go, oh, my Lord. And I don't know if you remember this play. It wasn't a dunk or anything. 
I think Danny might have even thrown you the pass. He threw it like three quarters court. You were open, I think, or 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 and he threw it and like he threw it a long pass in the air. And like Hooker came out of nowhere and like seemingly jumped up into the rafters and just took this ball out of the midair. And I I I just it was a play you just your jaw dropped. Do you remember that play? So I I don't know if we're talking about the same play, but I know there was a play where I threw a pass and they would maybe press you us, throw right? it to Danny. And, and I'm I see whoever it was, if it was Danny or whoever up the court, and I'm like, oh, he's wide open, so I'm just gonna throw a normal <laughs> chest pass. And I knew where Malik was, but he was so far away that it didn't. I was like, oh, I can get this to Danny, and I threw a normal chest pass like I normally would. And if we were playing any other kid in Western Pennsylvania, Danny would have got the ball and we would have broke the press. Right. Instead, Malik Hooker jumps out of the air, grabs it, the whole yeah. crowd oohs and ahs, and they probably go down and get That's an it. easy bucket. That's, That's exactly it. what happened. That's uh, it. Yeah, it was. It was just every time you came across him, he was doing something else, like something. I remember the first time we played him, and not to go on a rant about Malik Hooker now, but I remember going at like at him on a fast break and getting an AM one and thinking I was big shit. Like I just got an AM one on Malik Hooker. Very next possession, yeah. I I came down, tried to go reverse, like reverse layup, and he, he pinned you. He, he pinned it so hard off the backboard that I thought the ball was gonna pop. Um, and <laughs> I, I don't I don't think I ever got a bucket in Malik's vicinity again. So Ralph Blundo has told me. Malik Hooker to this day will tell you the best times of his athletic life were on at Newcastle and winning that state championship his senior year over Ohio State, over NFL right now. That he will tell you, Ralph Lundo has told me that. So, and I think he said that the most memorable time was pinning Dylan Mitchell ball on the backboard. Yeah. Tell me top three at least. You think he knows? You think he knows your name? I doubt it. So I, I, I actually, for listeners, this might be a surprise, but I went to Ohio State my freshman year of college, and I walked by Malik uh, just on like a Saturday night or something, like walking down High Street in Columbus. And uh, I said, I was like, Malik, yeah, I played for North Hills. And he, the way he looked at me, I was like, yeah, he has no he has no clue who I am. So no, I'd say no, he doesn't know. All right. You were just a nameless, faceless victim. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm probably not the first person he pinned, and definitely not the last. So, why um, hasn't John Cotton said anything in this conversation? I was waiting for uh, the conversation on track. For me to field. stop talking. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I never got pinned by Billy Cooker. So, okay. Well, then, Squid, why, why don't you you take it away? You you have the next question. All right. Well, do we want to go to the man of the bye week, Phil Dracovic? Ha. Hmm. What a saga that has been. What do you want to know? Well, where do we start? I mean, I think we talked about it at tailgate. Like, did you think that it could get this bad this quick? Or heck no. Highs and lows, and here we are. No, no, no. And I'll go back in my 40 years of covering WPL football. I still would put him in the top five players all time in the the last 40 years. Um, I am, first off, I'll say, you know, I, I talked about getting to know people and close to people. I I, I had a great relationship with Phil and, and and I knew his dad, I've known his dad for ages. Um, used to play summer basketball against him at North park and, uh, known him a long time. Great family, tremendous family. Um, and Phil's tremendous kid. One of the best I've ever covered. Um, and it, it just, it, 
it pains me to see what has happened to him. It bewilders me. I am confused. I don't understand it. Um, I've never seen anything like it, really. Uh, I, I just will tell you that I don't, I don't know what happened. Um, but he's not the same quarterback that even he was in high school. Obviously, you change a lot from high school to college. Um, and it's not the same. But, I mean, I, I went and looked back at stories that I did on him after he started off so rough. I mean, you know, you know, the high school stats don't mean everything. But um, after the semifinals of WPL playoffs, he set a record for most yards in a playoff game with like 400 and some. He had over 300 passing, over 100 rushing. And I, I, there's art quotes from Art Walker, Van A, who's been around, knows a few. I mean, he was talking about him playing on Sundays probably. Um, and you know, I, I actually thought that too. Um, but, um, you know, sometimes I don't know. I, I, I remember talking to Phil before he left and, 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 and I sent him a text his freshman year at Notre Dame or maybe a sophomore year about, and we talked about that. And I said, Phil, it's at some point, whether it's an injury or whatever, all almost every kid, no matter how good they are, faces some adversity in college. And how are you going to handle it? And what are you going to deal with it? Um, and I sent him that text in, in, in his freshman year. I think it was his freshman or sophomore year. And he said, yeah, I, I, I got to deal with it. I don't know what I'm going to do. But, you know, then he went to Boston College and he had a really good first year. Um, you look at his stats. I mean, I watched a number of their games. Um, then last year, I mean, they were terrible last year. I watched three or four of the game. He was getting killed. Um, I don't know. I, I, I went to two of the games this year live in person, watched the other ones. He doesn't throw the ball in my eyes like he used to. Um, he obviously doesn't run like he used to. Um, and even his dad, we talked in the summer once, said he, he's not as athletic as he once was, but he didn't need to be. He just need to extend plays. I mean, he was a freshman at basketball. He'd drive along the baseline, jump up, and two-hand over the head jam. Yeah. Um, great mid-range jumper um, for someone who didn't put that much time in basketball. Um, the the second jump and the jumping ability, and I, I don't know. I, I like I I don't see the zip, I didn't see the zip on the ball that he used to have. Um, and it, uh, you know, I I don't know. I I don't know if he just lost so much confidence. Did he get beat up at Boston College too much? Um, was he overweight? He was 240 pounds, close to 250, I think, at one point this summer. Um, it's pretty crazy. I, don't know. I think we all I'm thought. Be, I, I'm, I'm bewildered. I think and and I feel so bad school. because he's such a good kid. Yeah, I think back in high school, we might be all a little bit biased towards the whippy old guys that go off to college, but I think everybody thought that this was a different level of quarterback that we've seen. I remember that they played Wayne High School the first game of his senior year. And Wayne was supposed to be pretty good. They were really good the year before from Ohio in the second or third PN, right? It was a yeah. ESPN yeah. Game. I was there. Yeah. I was there. there. Dylan, you remember the second or third play? He took the ball around the corner and just outran everybody. Defense is like zoom down the sideline, touchdown, like 70 yards. And you know, um, I, I, high school stats, they really don't mean a lot, but you look at his stats the number of yards. He rushed the, uh, for and and through for and and but it's not the stats it's just how he did it also and i i just 
I don't know. I, I don't have an answer. I don't know what happened. It's like, it's almost like the first Space Jam. You remember when the Monstars came out and they took Charles Barkley's, <laughs> they took Charles Barkley's talent and uh, Patrick Ewan and Muggsy Bogues. And um, I don't know. Did the Monstars come down to Phil? I don't know. Um, um, but, you know, he he's, um, you know, the type of kid he is. And I talked to Eric Kasparovich last Thursday night, this tight end thing. Um, you know, I, I think he just wants to play um, because you really, when you think about it, if he's number three quarterback, is he saying, I'm done. My football career is over. This is it. I'm done. Um, and that's why maybe, maybe he said, can I play tight end? Um, I'd give him a shot. You know, uh, I don't I think he's not as good as Bartholomew or anything, but you know, he has size. Um, I think he has Pretty good hands, and um, who knows? Stranger things have happened. Who who'd have thought this would have happened to him? So watch, he'll be he'll be in the NFL as a tight end. Watch. Yeah, he'll have a game winning touchdown against Notre Dame in his revenge game down in South Bend. <laughs> yeah, there you go. They'll lift there him up go. like Rudy to move past Phil because he's been the topic of this entire football season. Uh, we do want to look to the future a little bit because Pitts won him. I, right I don't now. know. I don't know. Hey. Wait a second. I don't know if he ever listens to your Loyal Sun show, but I want to give a shout out to him. He's still all A1 of my book. Go all ahead. Right. Well, we, we can even screenshot that and send it to him, and maybe he'll decide to listen one day. Uh, but he shouldn't. <laughs> he should not. He should not. We haven't recorded the rest of this episode, but I know exactly how it's going to go, and he should not listen. <laughs> yeah, we'll just cut that little clip for him. Um, but like I said, Pitt's one and four right now. We would like some hope for the future. Um, and part of that is recruiting. Can you tell us a little bit about some of these local kids in the Whippeal right now? And maybe if, you know, a, a genie came to us, the Whippeal genie and had us rub, rub the lamp and asked us, you know, our one wish very oddly enough could only be granted on getting one of the local football players to commit to the university of Pittsburgh. Who would be the, the guy right now in, in the Whippeal? Are you talking about guys that have even committed to other places? Or are you talking about guys who haven't committed that they're juniors and sophomores and freshmen? Let's leave out let's leave out the commitments. Give us let's leave out, of- yeah, all the guys that Penn State dusted us for. Just, <laughs> just the remaining. because uh, I out of out of all those guys, the guy that I really like just real fast is Cole Sullivan from Central Catholic. Um you know, he was a nobody up until last year and he just took off, um, really showed a lot last year. He's about six, three or so. And he's only about two ten, but he has a frame to put on a lot more. And I've seen him twice in person and he was dominant both times. Obviously he was not too dominant against Pine Rich on Friday. Um, but, um, you know, I, I, I really, really, uh, I, I did a player of the half year. I picked him the player of the half year, the WPIL. Because he, he was that commit, right? Yeah, yeah, he's going to Michigan. Um, you know, as far as seniors, they're really there isn't anybody left that's like I don't even know if there's a power five guy left uh, I don't, that hasn't committed. Uh, you know what, Tyree Alualu, he might go power five, um, but I don't think Pitt's really uh, in it with him. Uh, probably both ways. 
Um, I don't even know if they offered, but um, he's probably the only guy left in the senior class that would be power five. Um, going down below, you know, Tyke Hayes did did commit to, uh, you know, Penn State. Um, I, you know, I want to see more of him. I want to see what he's like next year. Um, I think he could be good, but I'm not, I'm not going to go out and say he's going to be tremendous. Um, um, boy, I, I think your best guys out of the junior class, um, I think your best guys you might hope for um, would be from your sophomore class or even, you know, I don't ever remember – this, you know, football recruiting is done so much earlier than ever before, right. but I don't ever remember this many sophomores and freshmen at WPIL having uh, power five offers already. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I did a story on them, uh, a number of the kids that sophomores and freshmen, um, you know, they're all over the place. I'm, I'm tr- the one guy you'd probably like a guy. I would. Boy, you know, you we're known for quarterbacks, but I, I don't really see a great, great quarterback out there right now. Um, I know this kid from Fort Cherry is a sophomore, Matt Sig, who I really like as an athlete. Uh, Pitt and Penn State just both offered him, and he, he's going to have ridiculous stats by the time he's done. Uh, not so sure he'll be a quarterback and uh, in the future. Um, he's a really good athlete, and I'm not so sure he won't be a baseball prospect um boy that's a tough question dylan um you know monte christian has david davis and a linebacker that that penn state really wants and if i had to guess he might go to penn state um um you know there there, there's the kid at canham and davion taylor i'm hearing a lot about this khalil taylor from seton lasalle as a freshman um but i don't think out of that group of sophomores and freshmen and this isn't to cut them down. There's a lot of good players, but I don't see like a uh, top 50 player in the country in their class amongst all those players. So um, like, you know, Quentin Martin's whatever he is, 55 or something like that. I don't see a player like that. Um, but so I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you. I, I don't, I don't think there is one guy that you would go, we got to have this guy. We got to have him no matter what. Sorry, I, I, I don't have Fair one enough. of them. Keyshawn Robinson, Westinghouse, interesting. Uh, you know, he's another sophomore. Um, um, Colorado and USC came calling for him. Yeah, 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 he's got a lot of good offers. Um, he's a, he's going to be a defensive back probably. Uh, yeah. Can play receiver too. But, um, you know, and, and you say about Pitt and Penn State, David, uh, Dusty, Penn State, Dusty. You know, I've said this before. In the history of recruiting, now in recruiting, in the future of recruiting, Pitt is never, ever, ever before, now, or in the future going to get every best kid from WPIL. Um, and that's not the worst thing. You know, Penn State recruits here too, so does Michigan and other places. Um, but and and do you really, you know, I, I I've got some numbers here. I can look them up. Do you really uh is it that important anymore? to clean up in Western Pennsylvania guys hate to tell you this, but at the most we have eight to 10 power five guys every year. Now, I mean, two years ago, we had the fewest number of FBS recruits ever in the history of WPIL. So 
you know, yeah, it's nice to get those local guys, but I think Pitt has some other guys that, that if they don't get from local area, from other areas that are that are right behind them, um, that they think are pretty good too. But I, I'm just going to look up and and tell you here from 1986 to 2023, Pitt got 190 recruits from the WPL and City League. Penn State got 69. So that just tells you that they they've they've always, they've never gotten all the best recruits. It's not the end of the world. Um, you know, since then, uh, Notre Dame has gotten 22 recruits from 86 to 2023, West Virginia, 63 besides Pitt, Penn state, and West Virginia. Who do you think quiz time? And you're going to be shocked at this from 1986 to 2023, which is whatever, 35, 37 years. Who do you think, besides Pitt, Penn State, West Virginia, has recruited, has landed the most WPIL City League recruits? Is it Notre Dame? No. Is they're it? Sec- they're second with 22. Sorry. I want to say Michigan, but. They are uh, tied for fourth. Is it a Power Five school? 17. Yes, it is. Hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm out of the Power Five schools, Akron oh. actually Akron actually has had the most with 87, 87 Akron recruits. But How many out did of the you Power say Pitt Five, had? Schools, Pitt had 190 from 86 to 2023. Penn State 69, West Virginia 63, Akron 87, Kent State 63. But number two is Notre Dame, and the Power Five is 22. Who's number one with 10 more than Notre Dame? Syracuse, they are third with twenty-one. Wow. USC. I have to give you. I, I'll, I'll give you a hint. They used to be in the ACC. Maryland. Yes. Wow. With thir- thirty-two. Now that was not on my radar. No, now, not even at all. Now they have thirty-two. Doesn't mean that Pitt wanted all thirty-two of them. They might have taken kids that. You know, Pitt didn't want. So, mm. just throwing that out to you, just a little, a little Mike White, tri- little Mike Blue and White trivia. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that makes me feel a little bit better. Um, doesn't really change how Pitt's doing this year, and you know, no, it would be nice if they would. Yeah, it's it would be nice if you got the top players, or, or, or maybe. Two out of every three, or at least half of them, um, um, which they haven't been. Um, I, I think it helps that with interest in your own program. But you know what, Dylan? The way it is right now, though, the key for Pitt is how they develop kids that they get from outside the area. Um, I used to cover West Virginia back in the 80s and 90s. And Don Nealon was tremendous at getting kids who were – West Virginia never had, they don't have any players in that state. They have like two or three division one kids a year getting kids from other States out of the region who were maybe they didn't have stars back then, but maybe like three star guys. And he turned them into three years or so pretty dang good players. And next thing you know, West Virginia would be nine and two playing in a big bowl or they played for the national championship in 89 with major Harris. Uh, he, he's a great example, you know, 
Pitt wanted him mentioned to be a defensive back, and he went there and almost won the Heisman. So I think Pitt's fortunes, um, a lot are going to be how they develop and get kids outside the area, maybe even more than WPIL. And now the big part of it is getting guys in the transfer portal, like Donald McMillan, oh, yes, Phil Drakovic. Yes, without a doubt. And the Devonshire, the list goes on and on. So, well, well I'm we'll stupid of me not get. to bring that up, but that's almost as key as the regular recruiting. We might have to uh, enter the transfer portal discussion and all of the boomerangs Pitt has got back home uh, the next time you come on the show. But I, I, I take it you have you have some uh, some writing and scouting to do later this afternoon. Isn't that correct? You were telling us. Some writing and scouting? I don't know what to call it. I, I only went to journalism school for four years. I got to go to an open gym for basketball. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like both of those things. Aren't you going to scout the players? And then I'm not going to write about that, though, David. All right. write about that. Hey, my apologies. This is the guy, Dylan, who didn't know what a cooperative sponsorship was in high school. Mm. Do you remember that? It yeah. took me a sec. It took me a second. All right. <laughs> Well, Coach White, I'm going to call you Coach. Appreciate you coming on. It's always I'm sorry if I was too long-winded. Uh, maybe give you some. Didn't you want some other recruiting stories? Well, if you've got the time, we've got the time. So you have. One, I would you have say, obviously, well, well, two. I'll tell you two real fast. Uh, one, how the recruiting used to be. Well, first off, when Terrell Pryor was in high school, oh my lord, it was just the biggest question. Well, where's he? Hey, where's Pryor going? Where's Pryor going? I would get it everywhere. And this is the honest to God, true story. I went out. This was about a month before he committed to Jeanette to talk with him, to do a story on, you know, where uh, recruiting stood or whatever, met with him. And I came back Route 30, got on the turnpike to get on the turnpike, uh, go through the gate, the toll booth. And, um, um, I got a, a guy gave me the ticket at the toll booth. He obviously recognized who I was. I swear to God, he said to me, Hey, where's he going <laughs> at the turnpike? What'd you uh, tell him? Uh, um, and, and I will tell you one other story, one other story. This is a basketball recruiting story. Um, real fast. It's it's uh, I don't want to say who it is because I don't I don't want to disparage them, but it was a um, I don't even want to say the school. I can say Shaler. Um, it's and they were on a Danny Fortson was the main recruit. Um, this wasn't him, but um, another guy. He was on a uh, recruiting visit, and I don't say where. And uh, I couldn't report this because it, it happened. They told me this years after. He was being shown around campus by one of the coaches, and there were two of his Shaler teammates there with him. And there was a coach, the assistant coach was showing him around campus, and like every 20 yards, the assistant coach would be walking in, and, a, and he'd drop a $20 bill out of his pocket. <laughs> Say, oh, I dropped some." And they would pick it up and you go another 20 yards, drop another $20 bill, drop another $20 bill, and drop another $20 bill. So um, that's a story I'll always remember. Um, um, 
And, and another story, when, uh, here it's a pitch story. Tom Tumulty was a great linebacker at Penn Hills. He committed to Pitt, okay? This is back when he didn't have the internet. I think it was 90, mid-90s. And I called him up and to get an update, and he told me he committed that night. And I said, okay, this is when their paper, you know, no internet. I had to write a story for the next day. And I had it, it was nine o'clock at night. I only had about an hour and a half to do it. So he said, I don't, I don't want you writing the story until I tell all the coaches that the, his finalists. And I said, okay, are you going to tell them now tonight? He said, yeah, I'm going to call them right now. So I waited about a half an hour and he called me back and he said, Hey, I can't get a hold of Michigan State, so I don't want you to write the story. I said, I got to write the story. You told me well, I need to beat everybody with this story. So he said, well, I can't get a hold of their coach. So I waited. I said, all right, I'll wait another 20 minutes, see if he calls you back. Waited 20 minutes, called him, didn't call him, didn't, never call him back. I said, who is the coach? And I forget, the, I forget the coach's name. He had ties to Western PA. I said, all right. Um, I said, if I get a hold of him, can I write the story? He said, yeah, if, if, if you um, if you get a hold of him. and he's, if he, he wanted to be nice. He didn't want those coaches to read it that he's going to pit. So somehow through one contact or another, I got it in direct information, I think. I got the coach's phone number, the assistant coach of Michigan State. I called him up and said to him who I was. I said, hey. Can you please call Tom Tumulty? Um, he knows where he's going to uh, college, um, and he wants to tell you. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so he called him then. Then Tom said, all right, you can write the story. I told everybody. So I went as far as calling a coach to tell another kid, to tell him, please call this kid. He knows where he's going to college um, so I can write a story. So uh, that was kind of a crazy, uh, that's what I'm talking about, how recruiting used to be. Um, um, oh, another, I used to, you know what else used to be popular in recruiting? And I had one, a 900 line where people paid $1.50 a minute to hear recruiting news. And there used to be what? national, I, I just wanted to go through. <laughs> they started out as sex lines. Uh, no lie, 900 sex lines. And somebody in recruiting world, this was in their mid-90s, got this idea of, you know what, we can sell recruiting news on a 900 line. So National Scouting Service would do it. And so I did one through the Post-Gazette, and they advertised it. It was 1-900-434-HIKE was my number. And I would get on there, and you could, you, you had five lines. People would pay $1.49 a minute. And you press. You want information on Pitt? Press one. They'd press one, and you'd hear me talking. Well, Pitt today landed a commitment. They landed, uh, you know, Darrell Rivas from Aliquippa. He's a six foot, uh, and also visiting this weekend was such and such. And I would play recordings of interviewing a recruit on there. And guys, it, it was the most unbelievable thing. People were so crazed on recruiting. We used to get reports of how much people spent on the line. There were some people from out of state that would stay on that line for like, cause I had a pit line, a Penn state line, a local line and a national line. They would stay on there for like 20 minutes, listening to all these things and pay a dollar 49 a minute. And they would do it like daily. I mean, there were people spending like $500 a month on 
recruiting news on a 900 line. And of course, I, you know, it was $1.49 a minute. So I would talk like, today, Pitt got a commitment <laughs> from Darrell Revis. Just to spread out the time. But I, there's another recruiting story. I told you how recruiting has changed. I so. think. I think my significant other, upon finding out, I spent five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think. But if she found out that I spent five hundred bucks on a recruiting line, she would have preferred it had been a sex line. Yes. Like, oh, it was a recruiting line. That's kind of <laughs> pathetic. Well, you never know what some of those people were doing while they were hearing the recruiting. <laughs> so, it could have been recruiting and sex line in one. Uh, what a <laughs> what, what a way, way to end things, huh? What a way to cap this off. That's kind of genius, though. No, I'm never no. going to think of you the same. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Because there was no internet back then, and you know, no lie. I would I would call a recruit on the phone, tape him. I had a special phone you could tape over the phone, and then play it back through a recorder into the phone. And people used to like that, so. I used to try to interview a kid for like 10 minutes just so people would want to listen to all of them and pay $1.49 a minute. I say, that's, a, that's a quick twelve fifty. dollars takes. Well, that's a heck of a way to end this. Coach White, can't thank you enough for coming on. I know. Hey, thank you, guys. I, I really thank you. Hey, seriously, what you guys have done, man, man, uh, who would have known that my son would have three friends who have gone to the lengths in what you had three become famous z-list celebrities some <laughs> um but yeah one, one of these days we'll get you down another tailgate we'll we'll talk a whole bunch of recruiting stories that you can't say on the air uh behind okay over a few icy lights but we appreciate you coach white we'll talk to you soon and uh thank you so much thanks squid see you david see you dylan thanks blue and white